Sports, 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 sports. The Smokes and Matt Podcast. Are you ready? Stokes, that is one of the greatest catches of Curry. Way down to Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot! Torres to give Chelsea a place in the championship. And there he goes, right hand, left hand. And I don't think he's going to get out of the first one. Deep left field. It's out of here! Bartolo has done yards for the touchdown. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Sports Net Podcast. As always, you've got me, Brewer. Me, Daryl. Me, Trig. And me, Mig. Wee! First, First time! time. <laughs> time. Yes. What a day! First time. How's everyone doing? Everyone all right? Yeah, yeah, all good. Bad. We're all Not still bad. alive. Not bad. Yeah. Um, we enjoyed a lovely pizza with you, Brewer, tonight. Yeah, we did, yeah. Good we had dinner. a little um, uh, Sports Net Podcast. It's actually sponsored by Artemis today. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Artemis. Lovely pizza. Good lads. Offer number three. It's going off. <laughs> good off at that one. Brewer won a bet and still didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> Higo did tell him to cash out and lost yeah, shit, yeah. quid. Yeah, but it wouldn't have won anyway, would it? Would, it wouldn't have come in, so I gave the correct advice. Yeah, if anything. Yeah. So, so shut supposedly, your mouth, supposedly. Yeah. So, no, I would have won. Um, I believe it was eight hundred and sixty pound return. Uh, that was before Liverpool played Watford, and then probably the most extraordinary thing happened on February twenty ninth, which is a leap year. Watford beat Liverpool <laughs> three, three nil. nil. Madness. Yeah, no words, no words. To be fair, Watford looked good for it. I know we're not into the Premier League section, but they looked good for it. So. Before we start with that, let's talk about the interesting topic of discussion over dinner. To be fair, again, yeah. I mean, I don't even know if it's a wind-up, but yeah, Trig just like come out with something. Absolute horseshit. What, what, what is that? It's funny you say horseshit, because that was on my list of 50 items. <laughs> <laughs> so Trig, right, apparently roast dinners are, are overrated. And he could name 50 other meals that he would rather have than a roast dinner. And he tried to start by just listing 50 different types of pizza, which we said, no, you can't have that. I soon conceded to the fact I wasn't allowed 50 types of pizza. And then he started reading the menu, uh, the Chinese menu. Yeah. <laughs> On, honestly. One, two, three. <laughs> honestly, yeah, um, look, I don't, I don't mind. I'll eat them if I have to. Do I enjoy them? Not really. I mean... I Do feel enjoy like your company? Not really. Yeah, I was well, going to say, it sounds like us recording you know, this podcast with you. There's many things we are subject to in this life that we do not enjoy. Roast dinners for me. <laughs> Death, taxes and trick. Yeah. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> so all I'm saying, lads, in my opinion, and I know you don't agree, all the flavours on the plate are all very separate and individual. And unless you're sort of forking them all up at the same time, then, you, then you're getting all very individual flavours. To be fair, I no... didn't realise we had a Michelin star chef in the room. <laughs> uh, do you know what? If you give me a chance, I'll cook you a slap-up meal, mate. What's your, what's your speciality? Oh, well, I've got many. Um, I, I really like doing <laughs> like a nice traditional... <laughs> Reverse dog. I'd quite... <laughs> 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 Reverse dog, did you say? Yeah. <laughs> Reverse Can dog. you explain what that is, bro? Yeah, please? go on. <laughs> You're on your hands and knees, is it, bro? <laughs> Can you please show us his position, please, bro? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's your speciality. You tell me. Brewer's getting pegged. <laughs> Reverse dog. By, by our new pod dog, apparently. <laughs> Reverse dog. 
<laughs> oh, I love the fact this isn't, this isn't me this week. <laughs> I'm so into this right now. Dog's not half asleep at the moment. He's loving life. <laughs> Let me put it this way. In summary, after that, you know, bizarre comment from Brewer. Um, just in summary of the comment, if I had to have one roast dinner a year on Christmas Day, that that would be fine with me. All right, then, but what? Let's take Christmas out of it. What's your go-to roast meat? Um, beef every day. Uh, uh, let's let's assume that each meat is done to their per- perfect. You know, as you should assume. Yeah, if, if it was cooked perfectly, it'd be beef. If I couldn't choose who was cooking it, I'd probably have chicken because can't really go wrong it's with a bit chicken, safe. Right? As long as as long as you don't leave it medium rare. Reverse dog. <laughs> Before the reverse dog comment, what is your speciality? Like, what are you cooking me? Do you know, um, if you're whining, if you you're going to wow me. You're whining and dining me. I'll tell you what. Right, you look like someone who likes a little bit of a um, little bit of loving on the inside. Right, so inside, I'd probably do you a nice um, I don't know, shepherd's pie or something. Nice and hearty. Yeah, nice shepherd's pie, hearty meal. Um, that's if I was cooking like British classic. Followed by the reverse um, dog. <laughs> <laughs> reverse dog for dessert. <laughs> Bit of wine. <laughs> I'm up for anything. <laughs> Bra- break open the Rioja, love. <laughs> We're reverse dog in the night. <laughs> Brilliant. Excellent. I think Brew wants to get this over with. I'm broken already, lads. <laughs> so just to, just while the while the heat's on, Brew, why have you got a hat on this week? Because it's a hide that that absolute <laughs> monstrosity of a barnet. <laughs> the worst barnet in the room. That's it. Um and that is some stiff competition. <laughs> yeah. But all of our barnets, to be honest. Oh, uh, because in this uh, reverse room, dog. Yeah. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um, because the radiator is behind this wardrobe and it doesn't really heat this room too well. So okay. Poor design, uh, I might say. Yeah, well, yeah, pretty much. I'm the Feng Shui is all off in this room. Mm. There's a haunted haunted rumbling yeah, going on in the background by, yeah, uh, by our friend Martha as well, apparently. Oh, God. Yeah, do, do you really want to talk about that on the pod? Yeah, yeah. why not? Yeah, well, you there's you there's you a know ghost what? in this room, by the way, guys. Uh, it's not a pod dog anymore, it's a pod ghost. So the person who used to own this house um, was an old woman and she passed away in this house, apparently. Rest in peace. Haunted in that podcast. And she had a son as well who also passed away, tragically. Oh. Mm. Did he die on the driveway? He did. Mm. He did pass away on the driveway. And that's how a brewer got ownership of the house. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) So I say passed away. I murdered them. (laughs) The people he's talking about are his mum and brother. (laughs) (laughs) And they're the same person. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we're we're now on on the weather and that front. On the weather and that podcast. The storms are still here. The storms are still here. We're now on the storms. Storm Jorge? Yeah, Storm and that podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Storm. Nah. Storm Jorge. Stormzy. Stormy. That's your fucking artist, isn't it? <laughs> Love a bit of Stormy. Can't, yeah, I can't wait until we get to the Zeds and it will be Stormzy. Yes. Oh. Right. So why, little stat for you. I know I'm not a stat man, but the reason we've jumped to Jorge, you know, normally they have to go alphabetical as we heard what last was, week's What was pod. we on before that? Storm Ellen, was it? Ellen. Yes. Ellen, yep. With an E. Ellen with an E, as opposed to Ellen with... With an H. Ellen. 
<laughs> Silent H. Um, so apparently, the country that is going to be hit the worst by the storm are the ones that get to name it. And this one's going to hit Spain and they've elected Storm Jorge. As so what happened to F? Or am I... Well, the point is, is if, if there was another one hitting the UK, oh, it'd, it'd have to F. go F, yeah. Yeah, so they've right. obviously had enough storms to get to that. Unless they do it totally differently. I don't it know. It might just be a country that does it that way. I'm not too sure. I'm not sure. So I feel like it's something we should know on this the Storm is on that podcast. Yeah. M- maybe for next We're week on the Storm on that podcast. Get back to the sports. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we're going to uh, cover the Champions League and the Europa League, which uh, took place this week. Uh, we're going to talk about the sporting events that have been um, affected by the coronavirus. Or potentially affected or by Or potentially affected by the coronavirus. And uh, this week the Premier League announced that they're going to do a Hall of Fame. So Correct. we're going to talk Hall of Fame. Let's get into it. Living in the Hall of Fame. So let's kick things off with the uh, Champions League results. Uh, Daryl's got them here. Yeah, so the Champions League round of 16, uh, leg one of, of two, was played over two weeks. Uh, I believe they have a week break and then they play the next two. So, um, on the Tuesday of the first week, it was Atletico Madrid 1, Liverpool 0, Dortmund 2, PSG 1, Atalanta 4, Valencia 1, Tottenham 0, RP Leipzig 1, Chelsea 0, Bayern 3, Brewers crying, Napoli 1, Cheers, Barcelona 1, Lyon 1, Juventus 0, and Real Madrid 1, Man City 2. Some good scores, good results. Now, can you redo all that? in the style of how they do it on Gillette Soccer Saturday when they throw it to that bloke when they're like Juventus 1 Atalanta nil. I love, the, I, love playing the game. I love playing the game where after you said the first person team and the score you have to guess whether the second team won or not by the, by the tone that he says their name so he goes like you, give me one give me one random score uh, Atalanta 4 Valencia 1 so he go, he go Atalanta 4 Valencia 1 like that so by the second name, oh, yeah. So then by by the time he reads out the second one, he doesn't say the score, and then you got to go, did they win or not? Yeah, yeah. You got to give a win or lose. Ah. It's very, it's good fun. We should try and introduce that somewhere. Get an old one. Get an old like um, score list from like say like a year or two ago, so you wouldn't kind of remember the results, and then just read it, get, play it. Yeah, definitely. You go, oh yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, West Ham still lost. Oh, oh, they won today. Oh, they did win today. I did win. Good result. Really good we'll, result. We'll, we'll, we'll come on to that in a little while. Champions League. So we'll talk about the English teams. So we? Champions League. Um, let's not start with Chelsea. We'll start with Spurs. Uh, they yeah. lost to RB Leipzig. They are in a bit of trouble at the moment because they've got no striker, no Harry Kane. Uh, no Son. No Son. And uh, no Son. And uh, <laughs> no Son. Son's crying. Uh, is it, is it, <laughs> I don't know why I went French, no song. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and they've just basically got Stephen Bergwin and um, that's about it, really. Who's the, oh, who's the other one? Troy Parrott. Troy Parrott. Luke, Lucas Mora. Yeah, Lucas Mora as well. Lucas seems to be but the one who's playing more up through the centre. Uh, they, they didn't play overly well and they haven't played overly well for a I, while, really. I take it we uh, all see the game. Yes, I did, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Le- Leipzig have been very impressive this year. They're really, really punching, you know, above Leipzig, their weight in the, in the Bundesliga. For the I, don't, three or four years. I don't know if they're punching above their weight anymore. No. no. Well, even still, I know they've spent a bit of money and they've got you know, a good bit of depth, but you look at their team on paper, it's not 
the Bayern no. Dortmund teams that looks you like, expect to see up the top. It looks like Werner will probably be off in the summer. Say, this year might be a Liverpool. Bit different, different form because I think a lot of their bigger players are going to leave. They've got, um, they got the Lookman from Everton. Yeah. Team, team Previously Charlton. Team I wonder how long it would take for them. And it will be a very good signing for Liverpool this year. I um, had a conversation actually with a friend of mine who's a Liverpool fan. My point was, with Werner, where does he slot into that team with Firmino, Mane Depends and Salah? One of them goes, I, I was going to say, so is he basically taking Firmino's place? Presumably. He's well, not taking Mane or Salah's, is he? What you have got but to think did. is they haven't rested any of them at all, right? If they've got a chance to play three or four and it... You know, stimulates a little bit of competition, I maybe. I think that's a good thing why they bought the um, the other lad this Minamino. year. Minamino. Yeah. So, I know Divock Origi scored some cracking goals from him and some big goals, but is he really a good a good replacement for those three? Where Timo Werner will be a real good replacement for one of them, and it's Minamino. Hopefully, they give him a lot. Who did they buy him from? Is it Salzburg? Salzburg, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, he gets a lot of um, experience for the rest of the year. And he'll be a half decent player for him next year to come and slot in as well. So. But then that adds to that problem. So if they've got Werner as well, you've then got five. That Five doesn't go into three. Uh, yeah, but they're also going to play again, like this year. They've had injuries at big times. Um, and you are they're going to be in the Champions League till the late, later yeah. rounds. They play a lot of games. Cup, later rounds. For, hope, obviously, this year they've had the Club World Cup as well, which I, I, I can't see them getting to again, but they might have those fixtures to fulfil again as well. So it's a lot of fixtures to play in a very short amount of time for clubs like that. Sorry, I got sidetracked a bit there. Yeah, um, Leipzig, Leipzig look a good side. Um, I think, as I say, I don't know if, I mean, they came up through the ranks of the German League very quickly. They had the back in Controversially. Very controversial. One of the very few uh, Red Bull projects. Yeah, although, you know apparently there is... there is stands for? Rasenball Sport. Doesn't stand for Red Bull? No. But, and apparently they have no links with them, which absolutely nobody believes. Um, so, yeah, it's very controversial the way they came up through the, through the leagues. And now I don't think you can say they're punching above the way. They've got big financial backing. They've got a good squad, um, which, as we say, might change a bit going into next year. But I think they're sort of where they should be in terms of their, their ability, getting into the knockout stage of the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. It might have been a slightly different prospect if Spurs had a fully fit squad. If Kane was there, if Norsom. Son was there. <laughs> Norsom. It's a Norsom. So, uh, Norsom. Um, Norsom du Bonnet. The second, um, I think, Spurs have got it all to play for in the second leg still. They're just going to come out and they've got to go all guns blazing. Yeah, they so. have. That might even suit them better. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think, nothing I, to lose. I think no. Spurs' second leg um, stats from last year were very good. There was a couple of times they had to come from behind. Uh, Ajax was one I was going to say Ajax, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so they're, they're definitely at the tie and 1-0 isn't a massive turnaround for them. Um, no. but as you say, without without a fully-fledged Kane up front, it is going to be tough for them to, to get a result in Germany, which couldn't really be a harder place to play. So. And then I guess the other so the other result from that first week was Shot Liverpool, Liverpool losing, one losing to Atletico. Yeah. And yeah. they haven't had the greatest of seasons at Atletico. They've been struggling. Simeone masterclass. He's got um, some ridiculous record for Champions League games at home, though, isn't he, Simeone? Yeah, like, and you look at their defensive record since he's been there. I think Courtois, uh, not Courtois, yeah, sorry, not Black has kept more clean sheets than he's conceded goals, which is, <laughs> which is an, quite impressive in itself. He's about yeah. to start beatboxing then. <laughs> yeah. The only thing for Liverpool, and I think you said it, there was something between. Um, both managers in second legs of 
Champions League ties? No, it was um, so Atletico under Simeone haven't been knocked out of the Champions League knockout stages by a team that the squad that doesn't contain Cristiano Ronaldo. Wow, and that's mad. Jurgen Klopp has never lost a two-legged European tie. Really? That's ridiculous. That's impressive. And but though, to be fair, neither have I. No, we, I, I think he's probably just pipped you there. The only the good thing for Liverpool is it is again that as we said last year, the second leg at home for Liverpool is going to be massive. Well, in the street is Klopp likes roast dinners though, so we won't yeah. yeah, we like Klopp. <laughs> no, Klopp's a sensible man. He don't. <laughs> so I've heard he's a big fan of the reverse dog. <laughs> <laughs> Legally, we have to say <laughs> we, we don't know. We don't know if that is true. These are completely rumours. <laughs> What going back to that week? If you could, what would your predictions be for for them for the net for the coming week? Uh, the, I think second leg, those two. I think Liverpool go through the second leg at Anfield. We all know exactly the European nights at Anfield. Are Although Athlet, like, you know, back. Athleti have just got to set up not to lose, and that's yeah. much easier than setting up to win. Oh yeah, for sure. And if anyone can do that, it is Simeone. Yeah, but I just think. Uh, you look at what happened that Barcelona second leg last year, and I think. You just can't write Liverpool off. I know we can talk about what has happened today. They may not look like the same side at the moment, but I think under the lights at Anfield is a completely different prospect. Definitely. I think um, at the moment they're kind of like, uh, they're playing like they're stuck in first gear a little bit. They just, I don't know if it's because they've got um, got into a false sense of, oh, we're just, we've done it now. We're so far ahead in the pre. They're on the beach, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're so far ahead. Not being funny, they could pretty much fall over and die and they'd still win this league now. Um, it's a bit extreme but um, whether that's kind of now overspilt into the Champions League a little bit you, uh, which it athletic, should getting Atletico that early is never an easy tie no especially no, not at all. away first leg so it will you're right it did look because they weren't very good in that they, they controlled a lot of the ball but they didn't look overly dangerous that whole tie so they're going to have to show a lot more than what they did again tonight because I thought Liverpool were terrible at that night as well. So you're right. Are they on the beach? You can say they that's three games in a row for them now as well. Yeah, because, because they should have lost to West Ham. Yeah, West Ham, if it wasn't for a couple of Fabianski errors, Old could have easily got something out of that game. And as we say, they've just been absolutely turned over tonight. They had one shot on target against Watford. Yep. And there was a stat that came up halfway through that game that um, the only other time that that's happened, do you know who's against? Have a guess. Is it someone else rubbish? Newcastle. No, they're not rubbish. Was it oh. Chelsea? It was, was just Chelsea. Ah, face. We should have guessed. Chelsea. Chelsea guessed. 2017. Talking of Chelsea, what about their uh, Champions League result? Well, well I think we'll hand over to Brewer. Um I think we done well in the first half. Um, we were defending well. Um, we weren't really put, doing anything much um, to them forward. But you look at the teams on paper. They look and, to class. And we're up, well, we're getting like we're well outclassed by them. Um, and at the moment, we're kind of struggling with the thing up to, with uh, up top at the minute. Um, we played Giroud. Giroud did all right. Yeah, done okay. And then underrated just, player. Yeah, and then in the second half, once they got one, the floodgates opened. It was, it was lucky to be three nil. Um, we'll go to their ground, and to be honest, we'll be lucky to come away with a draw. Um, even today, like. Sorry to come away from the Champions League, but the way Chelsea are at the minute, we can. It seems to be that when we can come up against um, half decent, not 
opposition that will come out and play you and we kind of play to our strengths that we can probably get a result against teams. Like Spurs? Um, yeah, but then you'll come up like, against a team who are so well organised, like Bayern, Liverpool, the same. They're just, yeah, just a step above, just a little bit of step above us at the minute. Um, so, but not being funny, I was saying this last week, I don't think we're realistically going to advance too far in the Champions League what we need to concentrate on because we're punching above our weight in a minute just getting into getting into top four so let's just do that but then we can't even put away Bournemouth so I'm, I'm a, I think you guys going out of the Champions League might be a blessing in disguise really yeah, most likely yeah top four has to be as you said your main aim especially with you likes of you've already brought in Ziyech yeah. for my next year and you're going to obviously he's going to bring at least one more striker so that you have to be playing Champions League football next year. Have to. And then we've got about, um, oh yeah, uh, how many loan players coming back from loan, which, um, interestingly, controversial. Apparently, we've only got 28. And I thought it was well played. Well, I think years, last year was a hell of a lot more because obviously Mount, Abraham, um, Tamori. Ooh, Tamori, there's just three that really James. The team. Re- yeah, players that I ruled on loan last year. So I think last year was a hell of a lot more than. I thought it was about 40 odd but uh, I thought it was as well well, well they got a whatsapp group still uh, apparently the so. Chelsea loan players whatsapp group <laughs> have they I bet yeah. that pops off yeah. yeah so did you hear the reason why Abraham didn't play today he um, apparently picked up an injury during the call down uh, against right. Bayern Munich so it, they reckon it could be another couple of weeks to get him back as well we just at the moment it's where we're trying to rush him back and because um, he's had a couple of injuries this season, and um, no, it's not really helping it's, to be honest. It's not, it's not good for England either with this with the amount of injuries we've got. Strikers going to burn him out. Yeah, we're going to have we're, we're literally going to go into it. Um, Danny Ings has picked up an injury as well. Uh, that's why he, he's not hundred percent. That's why he didn't start today. So England strikers are, are all sort of going down with big injuries yeah. at the moment. Apparently, Harry Kane is um, well on his way back. Though, he's ahead of schedule. Yeah, ahead of schedule. He was last year after he came back from injury. For those few weeks, he was terrible. So, is he going to get enough game time to be able to be ready and ready? We're going to have to play. Um, we're going to have to play Dominic Calvert Lewin, Declan Rice up front. I heard. DMC. Yeah. Do, Dominic Calvert. <laughs> we we can't we can't let Brewer cut it out again this week of him calling Dominic Calvert Lewin DMC. Run DMC. Run, DMC. Run DCL. DCL. I think he's been playing well. He has. No, he has been playing well. He's been picking up goals, assists against not just against bottom of the table fodder either. He's been getting some big goals against big teams, so he, he's definitely in with a shout of that England squad. No, that's it. The Champions sure, League result quickly that we haven't spoken about is the Man City one. I was right? literally just about to say going, going back, back to, to the Champions League. DC, I'm sure we'll talk more about that as we get closer to Euros about who we'd pick and stuff like that for it because it's going to be it's a massive massive tournament for the England boys this year because there is a good chance they could go quite far again and give us another really good summer. But that the Champions League result we haven't spoke about was, well, Man, Man City 2, Real Madrid 1. At, at the Bernabeu. Um, and at the time that Madrid scored, it looked like it was going no other way. Than Man City were creating chances that didn't actually look that dangerous, from what I see. And They set up very differently, didn't they? No Aguero. No Aguero. Jesus all on of the a sudden, left. Jesus went on the left, yeah. So apparently it was, well, it, it worked, obviously. They... You look at Real Madrid's back line, they identified Carvajal at right back as a weak link and went, okay, let's put one of our best players on him, got, get past him. I mean, he gave away the penalty, yeah. diving in uh, on Sterling. So, 
you got to say I'm it worked out. They picked Mares. They started Mares. Yep, but he's he's dangerous where he cuts in, he, and he is he's a different because a lot of teams don't see enough of him at the moment. He's, he's, he's I think he's the strangest tactical decision Pep made was actually playing two centre halves at centre half. But yes. then it didn't last long. First time for everything. Got, Laporte got injured and Fernandinho had to go to centre-half anyway. Yeah, so. I know. I feel sorry for Laporte, actually, because oh, yeah. he's a cracking player, isn't he? And he, he just has got a really bad injury record. He has been very record. unfortunate this season. He has. He has. And uh, we actually, um, you know, another centre-half. Joe Gomez didn't play tonight. I wonder if he's got a knock. That could be another one. Just quickly diverting again to the uh, Just always bring it back to England players. Oh, mate, I love him so much. I love him so much. Oh, mate, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't even know Cholton's name anymore. Oh, get out of it. He's just a little blip in his memory. Mate, made oh, that in Cholton he was. Yeah, that crazy ex that no one really wants to talk about. Made in Cholton he was. He was made. Born in the Royal Navy. <laughs> <laughs> it don't go like that, does it? No. no. I was born in the Royal Navy. No, I, I was born in Cholton. Oh, that's it. But I was made in I the Royal, Royal Navy. Navy. Yeah. That's the one. But, um, no, uh, who got... Man City's goals. Wasn't De Bruyne, De Bruyne one of them? Bruyne penalty. Yep. Which is the first penalty they've scored in five attempts. Really? So Aguero's been poor, hasn't he? Yeah. Maybe De Bruyne will be their first choice penalty taker. Now, even though everyone wants to see Edison take one, because by all accounts, according to Pep, Edison is their best penalty taker in training. But someone made a very good point. Is that just because he's taking his penalties against Claudio Bravo, whereas everyone else is taking yes, them against him? Good very point. True. Very good point, but actually. Everyone wants to see him take a penalty in a Premier League yeah. game. That would be top class. There was that old Brazilian goalkeeper, wasn't there, that used to take all the set pieces? Paraguayan. Jose Luis Chilever. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I don't know my stuff. Uh, la, la. He, he scored over 100 career goals, free kicks and penalties. He, but what he'd say is always just aim high because then if you miss it goes over and out of play and then you've got time to get back rather than letting them save it counter attack something like that that's what Daryl does and he's a centre midfielder <laughs> does, does take me a while to get back there aim high <laughs> aim high <laughs> takes me long oh. enough to get down there to take the penalty let alone getting back especially for playing downhill does Daryl take your penalties yeah. did. He, he did he did he <laughs> did yeah. until an unfortunate incident earlier in the season I think the ball is still trying to be fished out of the bowls green Fish, first one I've missed fished out of the bowls though. green do you mean the fishing lake or the bowls green no it was the bowls green yeah, first first one I missed since Stamford Town so going back five six years so I missed that's the first one I missed for Forest which it happens it does first happen first one I missed it, for it Forest a, it's only been two seasons it was a very bad penalty let's put it that way very very bad came down oh. with snow on it high and wide just high high just wide high, and high, not high, at all yeah, and high limp high, back mate. I was actually meant to put it along the floor and it went that high so it's a really really bad penalty where did you go to Dale Bottom right, bottom left? Keeper's left. Always. <laughs> so you're right then? Yeah, always right. keeper's left. Yeah. But that time... So you're right. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, if I ever come up against him. You were saying who scored the other one? Jesus scored the Jesus other one. Jesus header, which I okay. think Courtois should have done better with. Definitely. It was pretty much straight out and went through him. Definitely. Courtois's been gone. sort of... A little, he's been one of the shining lights in Real Madrid season, actually. No, considering he's, um, yeah, exactly. Considering there's not been many, and he sort of went and left um, Chelsea. I don't know. It, it was a little bit sour, wasn't it? Under in the situation, sour taste, sour taste. There was. I don't know how right this is, but I remember him saying something that he'd only con- he'd conceded less than twenty goals this year, apparently, for Madrid in all competitions. So um, he is at a cracking year. Though he did start quite poorly at the start of the year. Uh, I think that's just. It reflects sort of Real Madrid. Oh, another point while we're talking about this game, they will not have Sergio Ramos for the second leg. He received his 26th red card for Real Madrid in his career. My God. That is impressive. And we all know he's a top-class shithouser. 
but, but 26 he's a defender as well. well he, can, he can be a very, oh, very good is. defender. He, can and he scores fantastic. goals. He scores yeah. lots of goals. But 26 red cards. That's mad. Yeah, that is, um, that's mad. He likes a day off, that boy. That, that, is, like that is more than the top three in Premier League history combined. Really? I'd like yeah. to see what the record is for, if that is the record worldwide of most red cards in a professional fi- in a professional game. If only we had some well, one game device but, that could connect to the internet. By a professional footballer. Not in one, you said in a professional yeah. game. In the, in the professional game. Oh. Yeah, right. Fair. thank you. Fair, my bad. Yeah. Sit down, yeah. shut yeah. up. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Joel. Go back to talking about Charlton. Should we move on to the Europa League? Why not? Okay. Should we just say, right, so out of the four English teams, who do you think has who do you think is going to get through? Are you saying City are going to get through after oh, a 2 know. 1 win? I don't know. No Ramos in the second leg? Yeah, I fancy City. I, f- I think Madrid left Santa say. They won't. You'd like to think so. They won't. That, that won't be They're City. Not City it. is so good at home. But with the likes of players they've got, um, Bow, Isco, Benz and my players, they will cause City troubles. Um, and I, I think that's going to be a lot closer than what people think it's going to be. Uh, yeah, I still think Man City will get through that tyre somehow just because, well, they can't play for the Prem anymore. Um, well, yeah, so, they're still playing for fourth place. And they're potentially playing for Europe next two seasons. So there's something to prove. So they've got something to prove. Well, this could well this could be the only chance they've got it, to win the Champions League for the next. It come through Monday, didn't it? That Monday that they're definitely going to the Court of Arbitration for sport. Yeah, but so the appeal lodged. has been lodged. So watch this space. Um, so we all going to say we reckon Liverpool will get through. Definitely. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Ninety yeah, percent. I don't know. Ninety percent. Ninety percent. I'd go as much as I'm ninety percent sure they'll get through. Wow, that's a bold claim from Woodford yeah. D. Yeah, it is. I, I, mean, I picked Liverpool at home against Barcelona last year at three down. So I think they'll they'll be able to turn Atletico Madrid over at home. Do you reckon they know that you did that? Yes, yes. So you reckon Liverpool Liverpool will get through? I don't. I, I you don't. Think, I, don't I think Atleti. Uh, I think Atleti see out a one all. You know, a bit of a dogged tie, bit rough and ready. Knock them off their game. Go through with the with the one goal lead. It, it wouldn't come, surprise me, but it, it'll all come down to again. I think an early goal for Liverpool changed the complex that tire. Yeah, so definitely. If it goes longer into it, the more Simeone will get into. It. He'll do what he does best with with that team. So, an early Liverpool goal, they'll they'll go and win it quite comfortably. I think we're all in agreement that Chelsea aren't overturning that tie. So game, no chance. We'll just Can we just up. take a moment to mention Serge Gnabry though? Remember yeah. spoken about him. <laughs> Love man, scoring man, goals in London. The man that Tony Pulis said was not good enough for West Brom two years ago. He scored more goals in London this year than Pepe for Arsenal. And he Arsenal bought Pepe for 70 odd million and sold Nabry for four. <laughs> that is Ouch. horrendous business, isn't it? D- don't get me wrong. Obviously, a lot changes in that time. And he didn't just go to Bayern and become a superstar. He went out on loan a couple of times in Germany and he's come back. And he's, he's a different player now than he was then. But still... Incredible. And You've got to be able person, to see that talent from somewhere, yeah. haven't you? The other person in that Bayern side who really impressed me is Alfonso Davis, who was playing at left back. He's a young Canadian. Um, this is his first season playing in Europe. Yeah. Don't get many Canadian footballers. No, you don't. I mean, Hargreaves was Canadian, but ah. played for England. But um, yeah, so, but he's only playing. He is a left, he was a left winger by trade. They had a shortage at left back, which is why they've got um, Alaba playing at centre-half and they went, well, we'll bring him in. He wasn't even getting in on the bench before this point. And they went, we bring him in. He's a quick learner. He's fast. He's left-footed. We'll stick him at left-back. 
and in the last sort of two months or so, everyone's now raving about him in Germany. Really come of age for sure. Yeah. I did actually enjoy his performance a lot. And that's very that, rarely do we say that about fullbacks. Third goal where he got got the assist. Yeah, I think it was. Absolutely destroyed Chelsea's right hand side. So but yeah, I think we can all I agree. think it's lights out for Chelsea, unfortunately. Mm. Um and as you said, might be or oh, uh, sorry, not as you said, as I said. Think it is going to be a blessing in disguise. I actually think you're going to go on and get fourth um, this year. I've been sort of backing you for a little while to do that. Um, I know you might even have the chance for fifth being being enough, but I think you are the best of the rest when it comes to the race for fourth. Um, yeah, I'd like to think we are. Um, whether or not United might have something to say about that, I think Spurs would be like the architects of their own downfall. I still think Mourinho is. I think he's to be finished. honest. I think he's finished. I think he's done. I think he's been sussed. But uh, I, I, think, think, I think they'll have a good year next sounds year. Like and a bit, now as sounds well, like a bit of Chelsea fan that. And now Spurs um, as well are missing people up top and missing key players. I don't think they'll pinch fourth. It's just United because now I think in the last how many games they've only had so, like a few goals shipped against them and stuff. They're looking a bit more solid in the back. And Bruno Fernandez looks like he's been a great yeah, signing like so far. He looks like a player. He's a world beater. So. Potential, so, and then we and like you say, when we lost against them again, so yeah, we'll see what happens. With United, we might as well move on to the Europa League. Um, we haven't done the last, we haven't done Spurs yet. Oh, oh yeah, Spurs, just quickly. I don't, think, Spurs, I don't think Spurs will no, get through. No, 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 I don't no. think so either. Not, not with the current not state of their team. No. Agreed. So, so they've, got, they've, got, they've got no son either. So no son, no more son, no son. The um, German teams in the Europa League and Champions League. So they've had four. Um, teams um, across both competitions they've won all their games so far in really? the Champions League and Europa League it's knockout stages what are the four teams so it's obviously Bayern Leipzig. Dortmund Leipzig Leverkusen or is that they're in Europa League Europe, with is it Mönchengladbacher in there as well I think okay. um, but yeah eight fixtures across both no so I think it's three in the Champions League and one in the Europa League. Yeah. So they've won all eight games across the two That's very impressive because that German stand, football stand is the German football and it's mine. I'll just, I'll go through more of the British results. Um, so the Europa League was played over two weeks so they've already done their round of 32. Um, Rangers got a cracking result uh, winning 4-2 in aggregate against Braga. Um, the, what are you laughing at? <laughs> uh, United won overall 6-1 against Club Bruges. Uh, Odiani Garlo scored his first goal for the club on Thursday what night. What a signing that is. What a signing. Celtic uh, ended up going out 4-2 in aggregate to uh, Copenhagen. Or Copenhagen. And the last... Oh, Arsenal lost uh, two... They were 2-2 but lost an away... away <laughs> goal. Lost 2-2 and away goals to Olympiacos. Get in there. David and Luiz once said he wanted to go to Arsenal to win trophies. Full. How's that working out for you, David? No? Yeah, no, thought not. The hair is suited because he, he is sideshow Bob. And Wolves won 6-3 on aggregate against Espanyol. Can we just say who scored all three of Espanyol's goals? Jonathan Calieri, ex-West Ham. West Ham region. Non-legend. Really? I didn't know that. But he has scored one in 19 in La Liga Ooh, this season. Jesus. I mean, um, actually, like I like to do when it comes up, doesn't come up that often. Little honourable mensch for Jarebo scoring for Rangers. Good goal, if you haven't seen it. Ex-Charlton boy. 
and uh, they robbed him from us. Um, Always goes back to Charlton, doesn't it? With well, I'm trying. To you say it doesn't in. come up often. It comes up several times per episode. Yeah, well, that's because I push it. I make it come up. And basically, it's what kind of your here, thing. Yeah. It's kind of my thing, right? And what happened here is one of our best players, you know, really, really good footballer, let his contract run down. Obviously, he didn't want to play for us, but because um, he was going, well, sorry, he had a, he had a short period left um, because he was going to Rangers and not someone in um, the English leagues, we only got like a small £200,000 com- uh, like compensation payment for him when he's quite obviously worth several million pounds. So we do feel a little bit hard done by, but because he come through the ranks and stuff, we sort of forgiven him a little bit and we'd like to, like to see him do well. Um, so a little mention there for uh, Jari, but good goal if you haven't seen it. Pretty good week, really. Uh, pretty good couple of weeks in the Europa League for the English team, British teams. Four out of six going through. Yeah, um, it's the ones that went Arsenal out that we wanted to Celt- go out. Yeah. Arsenal and Celtic. Celtic should have done a lot better, especially second leg at home. Um, and they were a go up, I believe, to really put themselves through. But for the other four clubs, it's great. And they should, they've, they've not got bad tyres either, I don't think. Well, Wolves will have a chance to avenge Arsenal because they've drawn Olympiacos. Yeah. So we'll see. Watch them make on. it look a lot easier than Arsenal did. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. And, and can, can we just say, Aubameyang missing that chance from six yards out. Well, I mean, which is the, was the worst miss of the night because did you see Mito's miss for Wolves? It was a short back pass uh, from a counter-attack. Goalkeeper's been sold short. He's taken it round the keeper, defender behind him. He's about 30 yards out at this point. Just puts it wide. Completely open, open goal. goal. That was but, devastating. But Aubameyang, I think, well, Neto's obviously didn't matter because yeah. they, they were home and dry yeah, at that I point. I think with Aubameyang as well, not only was it six yards out and not only is he probably the most, um, you know, at the moment in the Premier League, he's he's the best goal scorer that the Premier League have got. I mean, you put your house on him putting that in, wouldn't you? Hundred yeah. percent. And 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 it was more the fact that it meant absolutely everything in that moment for him to get it right. He literally could have won him the tie, put him through to the next round, and all he had to do was hit the target. The keeper was never saving it. If he hit the target, the keeper is never saving. He's it. been unreal this year for them as well. He has league. absolutely. Like if they could pick anyone to have that chance, it would be him. And and arguably, if, as a as a non Premier League football uh, football fan, if I could pick anyone in the Premier League to have that chance, Declan Rice, probably Declan Rice. I'd love to see him miss it. <laughs> J- Jared Bowen now, my new hero. He's your new mate. Yeah, my Even new though um, against Liverpool, he missed a really easy one on one. Good save. I thought so. I thought it was a good save. Bad shot. It hit him in the face. It? He saved it with his face. He has to go higher because I think he's already spread himself, but. It's just hit him in the face, isn't it? It's, the keeper's not really... It's just hit him. He's done everything well, right. We, we saw... Prepared for perverse talk. <laughs> <laughs> we saw tonight... You say that. We saw tonight how you should finish a goal like that. But he done, he different finished, angles. Jared Bowen finished one like today as well. Did he? He, he chipped one over the keeper for his goal. So okay, that's well, there you go. There you go, so, ladies yeah, and gents. I'll just make that very good save on the behalf of Alisson. Saved it with his barnet. That's what Brewer's trying yeah. to do. He's going to become a goalkeeper. No, he's going to become a Bradley Cooper stunt double. Well, if I'm following in your footsteps, mate, won't be a hard act to follow. Whoa. I'll, I'll remind Whoa. you that next season. Do you remember that pass back that you done there where Higo didn't come out? What's that? No, that pass back last year where Higo didn't come out. Let's not talk about this, scared. We don't talk about scared. this. Scared. <laughs> Sold me short Higo in the long grass. on his line. Sports, <laughs> <laughs> 
So with the outbreak of the coronavirus, it has now started affecting sporting events around the world. Obviously started in the, um, in the East. Uh, they announced, when did they first announce the first case? It was around about December time? Late December, I believe. Um, so from uh, just over a month ago, uh, January 22nd, they started moving sporting events. Um, started with the football in the Olympics and the boxing in the Olympics. Um, and then various other sports from there were affected. Basketball, athletics, um, the golf, badminton, motorsport, etc. Um, more recently now, um, obviously, there's been an outbreak in uh, Italy, in spe- um, specifically northern Italy, which has affected now matches in Serie A. Um, Six Nations. And now the Six Nations as well, um, because obviously Italy uh, were due to play Ireland. Correct. In Dublin. Yes. And England have still got to go and play Italy. In Rome. In Rome. In Rome. There's a potential of that being swapped over. Uh, to be played in in England, but again, will they do? If they weren't going to bring the Italians over to play in Dublin, will they then? I think because it, it was such because it was such a quick um, turnaround that they've had to be in for the Ireland game because it, it was literally announced like their first outbreak was sort of that week in in Italy to get that change around would have been quite quick. So now that England, I believe England played Italy and Rome the very last week of yeah, that's right. Um, so. They've got time. If they want to change it, they can change it. This isn't the first time the Six Nations has been affected by a global health scare. No. In, it was either 2000 or 2001. Yep. The Six Nations was finished in September and October because of foot and mouth. Mm-hmm. Ah. And it, yeah, it took over eight months to complete uh, with three of Ireland's tests held over until the autumn and the final match with a victory over the Champions of England taking place on the 20th of October. Surely well, you just... Just reel that off on top of your head. Surely you just leave that, you just stop it for the year and go move on to next year. That's what we should do with the Premier League. Yeah, me, yeah I agree. Anything to stop them. Stop, stop it now. Are West Ham in the relegation zone now? Nope. There was a report in the Telegraph this week that if the Premier League were did have to be cancelled, there is absolutely no guarantees of what would happen. So it could just be scrapped. No one gets relegated. No one. Liverpool don't win the league. Which I would be. Can you imagine thrilled. that? Like they stop time. It, it wouldn't. If they if that did happen, I, I wouldn't be. Obviously, it saved West Ham from going down, of course. But it'd be more the um, what would happen for the teams in the championship because yeah. obviously Leeds and West Brom, uh, I think they're like seven points clear at the top of of where them of, of the table, and they'd, they'd be coming up. Not so if it was scrapped, today. I thought of Fulham. Is that Fulham? Fulham one. So I think they're one point behind the top two. Okay. Fair enough. I know Leeds, 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 won, Leeds had a cracking yeah, result. Leeds had a good result yeah. against Hull. Hull were really West struggling. Had, West Ham had a terrible result. Yeah, Hull, Hull were really struggling because you nicked their best player in the uh, January transfer window. Yep. The aforementioned Jared Bowen. Jared Bowen. Yeah. Anyway, let's so, go back to the yeah, coronavirus. The Chinese Grand Prix has been postponed until further notice. It also talks about postponing the Vietnamese Grand Prix now as well. Yep. That's, so, I suppose the, the big one and the one that really... Um, possibly would have the biggest effect on the sporting community as a whole would be the chances of the Olympics being postponed, wouldn't it? The main Olympics. I think that's, yeah. there's a major, major chance that getting... I mean, they've, they've currently postponed. said 50-50. Um, I mean, obviously, that is just a ballpark and there's there's going to be people looking at it a lot closer than just a, just a random figure. But um, that would be pretty pretty huge. And because the way they structure it, you know, every four years and then... You have obviously the Paralympics and the Commonwealth Games that slot in in between. You have the World Cup and you have the Euros that slot in in between. It it 
you couldn't just play it next year. No, yeah, you couldn't just big events year every year. You know, think of all the athletes that would lose out on their one chance at an Olympic yeah. game. They've been training for X amount of years, yeah. longer than four years. Yeah. Some of them might have just missed out on the last one, and they've been training, 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 all to be in peak condition at this point. That's the thing. That is exactly what it comes down to. You train on a cycle to peak at that exact moment, so it's not something you can just replicate this time next year, for example. Yeah, it's all those events leading up to it are just your, your warm up events. Even though it's good to have um, good like Commonwealth goals and stuff like that, and your worlds, yeah, well, it is it's still that leader. I was actually listening to, I found the ESPN thirty thirty podcast the other day. Um, I've seen a lot of the films. I've found a podcast, and one of the first plug in ones, another podcast. Yeah, it was actually I, I, I was a bit not sure. It's nice he go. likes to give the little men a mention, but um, it, it, the episode was called uh, I think Dan and Dave. Uh, and in 1992, sorry, it was the Olympic year out in Barcelona. Barcelona, yeah. And it was, um, they'd done a Reebok uh, campaign because Reebok at the time were not selling a lot of um, trainers, like athletic trainers, because Nike was the big the big manufacturer out there at the time. And they'd done this big ad campaign through the NFL, uh, through the Super Bowl ads and all stuff like this. And it was like, because they were both decathletes and they were pitching it as these two guys are the best athletes in the world. And one of them actually didn't qualify for the Olympics. So he'd done all this big ad campaign and he failed to get in it. But so what, what they said later on was the next four years, everything he'd done for that next four years was to win the Olympic gold. And it took him four years to build up that that whole confidence again to get there. So you're right, that whole four, year, whole four years is massive for Olympians. Yeah, and then so it goes to the... Well, the thing is we were already having issues... Look like we're going to have issues with the Tokyo Olympics because of pollution and smog levels and the, the temperature at, in the heat of summer out there. So this obviously is just adding fuel to the fire. So we have no idea what's going to happen at this moment in time. We're still about um, five months out at this point. A lot can change in yeah, that time. August, isn't it? It starts early August. Uh, late July, I think. Late July, early So early, we're looking yeah. at basically exactly five months from now. So... As I say, with these things, it develops quickly and there's changes every day. It'd be a shame for spectators as well because people enjoy watching the Olympics. It's, it's, it's a good thing to watch. One of my, um, my favourite ever sporting experiences was that when the London Olympics were on, I got, oh, I got to... Um, I was at the 200 metre final at the Olympics. Oh, Just so that was on, really, really just good. Just watching it on TV for that. Yeah, like those two weeks and actually the build up of that for the years prior yeah. was unreal and it, it was great, great. it was a great experience the the worst great stadium as well wasn't it brilliant stadium for athletics, for athletics absolutely yeah. <laughs> the one the one thing that came out of that um, and it's actually quite annoying I found it very annoying um, my brother had recorded the 200 metre final and all of us being there and you know the, the atmosphere and we were actually sat about four or five rows away from a massive um Jamaican contingent who were obviously going absolutely mental when Bolt won and um, he's it was all on his phone and his phone got stolen so we lost all the videos which is I'm gutted about obviously I still experienced it but I really you know it's one of those events where you just want to go and show everyone you've been to look, look what I watched you yeah, know and just to watch it back it's all like really yeah, in the memory back, exactly so unfortunately we've lost the videos but it was one of the best sporting events I've ever been to thoroughly enjoyed it and, and I'm not I'm no athlete um we can tell. I you believe know. we watched Super Saturday together, the yes, three of us, we round did. at Danny and Dave's house at a barbecue. Wasn't that also the name of the ESPN podcast? Plugging no, them ES- again. ESPN's 30 for 30. 
He's down in Dave. Yeah, he's down in Dave. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, that Saturday was quality. That was one of the best Saturdays of sport. Yeah, we won. What was? Can you remember the goals we had? Rutherford, didn't we? In the long jump. Rutherford in the long jump. Jessica Ennis in the heptathlon, and was didn't um oh my Farrah. Yeah, yeah. We also, I think, had the. I can't remember his name, the high jumper. He didn't win gold. I think he won bronze. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I think, I'm not saying he's of Hungarian descent. I can't remember his name. No. But yeah, sure. he, he came out of nowhere to win a medal. Right. But yeah, that was a one quality afternoon. I'm surprised we weren't playing cricket. We must have been. Might have been, might have been rained off. Unless we finished Late early, evening, maybe. Or, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. um, it's one of them things, like I was just saying, like, you know, whether or not you're into all the individual events or any of the individual events, everyone just sort of comes together, enjoys watching it. People that don't particularly like sport. Yeah, and, it, and, and I think all it is, in my opinion, is like an appreciation for the commitment and the, you know, ability of some of these guys um you know i'll, I'll watch some and of them. some of their ability to take a lot of drugs and get away with it <laughs> yeah, well yeah and that well we won't we won't go there because we uh we do not endorse the uh taking of any performance enhancing drugs on this podcast no i think i can't remember it was a comedian that said it there should be two separate olympics one that's clean and one where you can take like can you, you imagine want. many drugs as you want <laughs> i want to see someone run 100 meters in six seconds yeah I've, I've, on that note have you ever seen the um the Netflix program Icarus. Have you seen that? Yes, it's, it's, it's very, very interesting. It incredible hangover. And it's, it's all a great yeah. program. It's all about the this guy um, wanted to just experience um, doping for cycling, um, and he just wanted to see the limits his body could go to. But in in doing that, he accidentally sort of uncovered the whole of the Russian Olympic team doping scandal, accidentally. Oh. Is it still on Netflix? Yeah, it's still on yeah, there. I'd one hundred percent give it a go. Watch. It's really, really good. And it's um yeah, it's, it's he almost I mean he didn't uncover it in the sense that he was the whistleblower, but he was right in the midst of He's like what's going on. Yeah, he he was getting advice from the lab director who orchestrated the whole thing at the time. And he was he was almost sort of like hiding him away from the police and you know, it, it's very, very interesting. Would highly recommend watching it. Um and it does show you the lengths that some of these sportsmen go to to gain those second advantages and half second advantages. Especially cycling, as you say, he's doing it for cycling. The amount of amount of people you hear that get uh, tested positive for drugs in cycling, like the Tour de France stuff, like that, is nuts. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll have to look up what it's made up and especially of. Especially, right? the, the, obviously, the Lance Armstrong stuff. He got away with it for so long and then to be busted how he was. You'll love this, right? So there's this drug um, and it's very famous in cycling. It's called Pop Belge. And it's like the concoction of drugs that they all the cyclists take to get this up this upper hand. And uh, pop belge is absolutely horrendous, um, and it's made up of a mixture of illegal drugs. But I'm just trying to find here what it's made up of because it's it's basically cocaine, heroin, caffeine, uh, amphetamines, literally all of the worst drugs you can imagine. And these cyclists are taking, or as I call it. Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, literally, can you imagine being so invested in a sport? Where can you get that? Asking for yeah. a friend? <laughs> Just asking for a mate. Yeah. Um, like, my point being, going back to why I mentioned it, like, can you imagine being that invested in a sport that you put your body through that just to potentially gain 
half a second. You were saying about Icarus and with the cycling, there was actually, there's a documentary on the Tour de France on one of Netflix or Prime. And just to see what they actually have to go through. No wonder oh. they do take stuff because that look is on their unreal. legs at the end of like oh. a mountain stage. Oh, it's just they were veins everywhere. Yeah, there was one little clip where their main cyclist was getting a, a, like a leg massage, sport massage at the end of the day, and just Harry's legs cramped up yeah. from just being touched a little bit. Yeah. Or you could see his muscle, you couldn't see anything else. Well, like, I was, it was just where it was like convulsing. When I was away um, skiing a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned it on last week's podcast. You get to the top of one of the, these mountains, and there's just like a big. Um, cast iron bike up there and I was a bit like why is there a big bike on top of a ski mountain and then literally someone come over and said oh yeah when all the snow's melted they actually ride up here in the Tour de France and it's like I've, hang on what's they ride up here I'm like 3,000 metres up or something outrageous at the time and you look down and you think there is no way on earth a cyclist on a bike could push that hard to get up there, but apparently they, they do it. And it's absolutely unbelievable. I'd never seen any of the route before. And just to see, just to see the sheer um, scowl of what they do, it's, as you said, it's oh, incredible. Absolutely, absolutely unreal. And that goes for all Olympians like when you think about it. And it goes back to this four-year cycle and for the Tour de France cyclists, maybe even longer. You know, they don't just put themselves through it on the day or on the event it's years and years and years and for someone to go through years and years of commitment and sacrifice and not seeing their families and you know and all, all this and then for it to be cancelled that is absolutely devastating right so they're also looking at obviously Euro 2020 and Italy have got three group matches in Rome uh, which is against Turkey Switzerland and Wales and there's also potentially a quarter-final, which could involve England on the 4th of July. If they decide this early enough, they get it swapped. Obviously, Italy being one of the main countries, they want their, their, that's their group, isn't it? An, Itali- uh, an Italian member of the um, UEFA on the executive committee has come out and said they're monitoring the situation. And basically, if it, um, if it comes out, they need to move it, then... Yeah, everything this year. If it keeps going the way it is, and it is, it's still growing big enough, like which, quickly as well. It is spreading. Which we could lose a lot. Which will be a right shame because obviously the, the Euros um, over the years has obviously been specifically in one, I think, or maybe two countries. When um, I think it was Ukraine. Austria and Switzerland, yeah, Poland, Poland so, Ukraine. So now they've obviously put it across how many countries to kind of involve everyone on this special occasion. And Italy is obviously well um, fond of their football. And then to kind of just go, no, we can't have it there anymore. And we're going to have to put it somewhere else for something yeah. that's completely out of their hands. It's, yeah. it, it's for anything, the, the way it is going, like you think even Pakistan are playing over here this year in the cricket, that could, it could all be effective and we could literally lose a hell of a lot of sport from a virus that no one could do anything about. Because it's not, as you said, it, it's, not, it's not even spread from Italy originally. It's just... The fact yeah. that it's gone we, there and it's had a big outbreak. Do we agree with the fact that they're cancelling all this stuff, or do we see it as a little bit of an overreaction at this stage? I mean, I personally, yeah, I mean, I've, I've mentioned it to you guys off off the mic, but I think you know when you look at if you were to cancel anything in the UK, I mean, there's something like 19 confirmed cases in the UK. You'd have to fill up Wembley Stadium about 40 times before you come across one person who had it. And also, the chances are, if they weren't feeling very well, they probably wouldn't go. I mean, the point being, cancelling such a big, well-organised event anywhere in the world. I mean, obviously, it's different in somewhere where it's currently rife. I get that. Yeah. But we're, we're cancelling events all over Europe already. 
and you know so far because I know it, obviously it, well we're talking we're talking about it right yeah, but yeah they are and it's I think that's just more of a the I think it's more precautionary yeah. at the moment I just sort say, of I think it's more the fact that they're trying to almost I think they're trying to kind of put the fear of God in people as in so we're just going to say look we need to kind of look take the necessary precautions we're going to stop people going to this event this event these events just to kind of like almost um, stop it in its tracks because obviously if they don't do anything if they just completely disregarded it now and just went nah well, we're fine we'll, we'll just won't do we'll just carry on as we are and then say how many months down the line we're like oh we probably really should have just stopped people maybe going to a few Serie A matches and yeah, we could have maybe maybe yeah. stopped this. I get, you know, I, so I get the point in kind of agree with what and that. doing. It's, it's, it's good that they are doing something. I'd rather them see them, see them doing something than get how many months down yeah. the line and we're talking about saying. scrapping a tournament because of it. It's obviously so, big news everywhere right now. And we, we, we only see snippets from the news. We don't actually know um, really the worst case scenarios of it all, really, and the worst cases that have been. I so, think I think what um, following up on what Trig was saying, I think what's kind of um, throwing people a little bit is when you're seeing people on like a London tube with like pretty much almost like an hazmat suit on, and you're going, mm, you, "There's been one or two confirmed yeah, cases so far." That's a bit far fetched. There's been um, not obviously not confirmed cases, but worries everyone. I know Matt had someone sent home from work because they're in the area. Uh, in, in Northern Italy and stuff like that so obviously people are, people are worried and things like this people will be worried and it will cause panic so yeah I mean the only, the only reason I mentioned the over exaggeration slight or slight over exaggeration and I completely understand if people don't agree um, you know you talk about the standard influenza um, kills around 60,000 people a year yet we don't we don't even consider cancelling any sporting events at that time so well, why not I think the the, the only uh, difference with that is as well. Well, one, yes, it's a lot worse with the flu in terms of amounts of deaths, but we have a vaccine that you can get, and it's until a vaccine is developed for something that's like exactly this, right. We, we know a lot of the problems. And we're with very flu. Um, obviously we're very accustomed to influenza in this country, where it's kind of like yeah, we're, we're just used to that. That's every absolutely year, right. Every year, it not me fair. There's kind of it will happen. So many people will be affected by it. This is something that's completely foreign to us. Yeah, no, so, that, that is exactly what it is, and that, yeah. that's why people anything that people don't understand or you know that becomes instantly scarier so i completely understand the precautions i was just playing devil's advocate um, yeah, no, I, I, no, I, no. I i still agree i think there is an overreaction in general um locally but i think as as you, exactly what you said people are scared of what they don't understand and what they don't know and until we have a vaccine where we know we can do something about it people are just taking precautions which makes sense i mean many like you know, a higher, higher percentage of the people who have been diagnosed with it have already recovered from it oh, yeah. and now don't have it. So, you know, you don't, it's not something where you have to have a vaccine to survive. You know, I'm, it's, I'm it's, just waiting for Daryl to chime in with, now I know you're not a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, I'm not a doctor. But, you know, now, like I say, I was playing devil's advocate, but... Um, Daryl's advocate. Daryl's advocate. Daryl's advocate. <laughs> That's the stuff we put on him to stop itching, isn't it? If you had a holiday, if you had a holiday booked to Northern Italy, say to go skiing, which you are now fond of, by the way. Um, well, I might add that there was uh, several so confirmed cases in the area I went skiing before um, I went. So, if you had a holiday booked for say like in a week to go to Northern Italy to go skiing, yeah. would you still go? Uh, yeah. And also, it would probably mean I'd get two weeks off work. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get uh, fully paid as well. It's a bonus. Self isolate for two weeks, couple of weeks working yeah. from home. In lovely. answer to that, yes, I would. Yeah. I completely understand if people don't fancy it. Do you know what? 
I yeah. think until you get the, I'd go. what you do is you follow like, advice from the foreign office. If they say you can't travel, then, yeah, right, then I'll get me money back. If they cancel my holiday, I'll get my money back. If until they say the fine, major amount of deaths start happening. And I know there's obviously been... We've had our first death in the UK. Yeah, I know there's obviously been deaths, but a lot of them are, a lot of them are older people, apparently, like the elderly. Until it starts going to a fuller age range and it's happening constantly, then I don't think there's too much to really be... The thing is, it's going to be similar to the like flu. That. You're the elderly and the weak, those with weak immune systems, are the ones that are going to be affected we'll, by it worse. We'll struggle to fight it off. Yeah, exactly. So, so this, we, that has been coronavirus good, and that I was going to say, we've done a yeah. good like 15 minutes on the coronavirus or 20 minutes. I mean, you can obviously I'm find impressed. out all this information on the news, but why would you when you're getting it all here, fresh off the press? That's it. Well, you're getting our expert medical opinions. Yeah. From Dan the uh, on, a light, on a lighter note, apparently uh, Corona, the beer, has reported record losses. Yeah, yeah I know. Do you know what? Gone well for that it. is... Unfortunately, the idiocy of the human race... Yeah, it is a damning indictment on human stupidity. It is. It absolutely is. I mean, you wait for the Euros to come around and Corona to record record sales in the summer. Sports, 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 sports. The Smokes and That Podcast. Premier League Hall of Fame go so it was announced this week that the Premier League will be launching an official Hall of Fame and the first two inductees will be announced I believe um, next week I think it was the 9th of March so we thought it'd be a bit of fun if we all came up with who we thought should be the first two inductees and we have tried to sort of mix it up a little bit so we've not all gone for the same two people so we've got to make a little claim for each one yeah, I think we'll back it up with some evidence, some stats, why we personally think that they deserve to be in Do there. Do one each and then go around for a second one? Yeah, yeah, go on then. I think that pretty works out yeah. quite well. Yeah, yeah Brewer as the host. Yeah. Kick it off, the my friend. with kick the mostest. Um, right, I'm going to kick things off with uh, Teddy Sheridan and let me hit you with some stats. So Sheridan is currently the 11th highest goal scorer in the history of the Premiership with 146 goals. He was also the first... Highest top goal scorer in 92-93. So he was, would have been the golden boot winner if they had the golden boot back then. Probably didn't. Something, they must have got something. Along those lines, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's also the oldest outfield player to score a premiership goal. and For West Ham. 41. He was 40 years old and 268 days. Uh, yeah, and he played for six Premier League clubs. Can you name the six? Spurs, Manchester United, Portsmouth, West Ham. Oh! I've already I went through them with Brewer this morning, so I actually know the other two. Go on. What are the other two? Schlo- yeah, go on. Mil- well, Millwall. Actually, sorry. Millwall weren't in the Premier League. Sorry, though. technically. He, actually, he say Premier League. Sorry, sorry. For. I've actually kind of thrown you here because yeah, he, he said, had six stints with clubs. But there's obviously he played for one club twice. So technically there's been five clubs. So he I'm missing one. Six, he missing he said one. six clubs earlier because he played for Nottingham Forest when he started in the Premier League. Right, yeah. Mm. And yeah. his first club ever was Millwall. Millwall. I knew that he was Millwall. But yeah, so Nottingham Forest was the one I was missing. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, count, I'm counting Spurs twice. Yeah. But, so I'm starting with T. Sheridan. Good shout. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's not, not necessarily one of the 
obvious ones, but that's not why we do this. And he can also sing, if anyone's seen that show that the missus has on in the background sometimes. No, in, he's, oh, is it the... He won a hell of a lot of money playing singer. He won a hell of a lot of money playing poker as well, didn't he? For yeah, a few he, years. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, he went, he'd done all the uh, Las Vegas shows on Sky. Um, he won a low. He won a hell of a lot of money doing it. That was a bit of a gamble up. Sh- who's going next? Should I go right, as we're going in a circle? Should I pick up next? Yeah, why not? So we're going from a not very obvious answer to probably about the most obvious answer I can give, and that is Alan Shearer. What more do you need to say other than he is the top goal scorer in Premier League history? I think we can all say he is a Premier League legend. If he is not actually the first, one of the one first of, one of the two, I'd be yeah. very surprised. Yeah, same here. Considering, yeah. considering that he spent a lot of his post-career knocking around the punditry scene, etc. as well. Yeah. Um, you know, you'd be very, very surprised yeah. if he's not the I'd first. I'd love to see what the if there was odds on it, because I'm sure he'd be odds on. Yeah, I'd imagine he would be. And he, yeah, so he's top with 260 Premier League goals. Um, and... I think if he wasn't at Newcastle all that time, that could be even more. I know he was there when Newcastle were sort They had of, some good years, didn't they? Yeah, yeah the late they, 90s. Yeah. But then sort of into the 2000s, you think if he was at a better club, if he was at a, a United or an Arsenal... Think, if he'd have gone to United at the time instead of Newcastle, what he'd have done under Sir Alex? Yeah, you'd think... I think he'd be pushing sort of maybe 350. Did he spend... Did he spend much time out of major injuries? So obviously him and Owen sort of played at the same sort of era-ish. And obviously Michael Owen had a lot of time out of injuries that we know about. But I can't remember any big, big injuries for Alan Shearer. No, I don't think he ever really had any big injuries. So big spells out. Mm. To set that record, you can't have. No, no. exactly. You know, I mean, you say, you say that. Chances are at the current rate, Harry Kane will probably make it. But yeah, if the if difference is injuries you know, don't get the better of him. Starting at the age he started at, yeah, it gives course. him a bit of extra yeah. time. But you would you would say that the normal. Um, and it also depends if Harry Kane stays in the Premier League. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. of course it does. So he also won the Golden Boot three years in a row: 94, 95, 95, 96, and ninety six, ninety seven. And For of course, two different clubs. Then yep. take that to yeah. Sheringham. And of course, he won. Um, He's got one Premier League winner's medal with Blackburn Rovers mm. before he got his move up to St. James's Park. So that is my case for Alan Shearer. I mean, it was a lovely case. Not sure we actually, you know, he didn't need a case to get in, but we liked it anyway. I like to root for the underdog. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's great. Colin Warrell. Great. Is it Mark Noble? Uh, no, it's Declan Rice. <laughs> yeah, uh, so. uh, my first one is Sebastian uh, Schemmel. Is Eric Cantona. Um, ooh la la. Ooh la la. He, um, is it Cronenberg? <laughs> uh, he played. <laughs> he's got 156 Premier League appearances, 70 goals, 56 assists. He's got four cha- uh, four Premier League Championship medals. Um, he's not. A, he was. He was. An, he was absolute class. How many karate kicks on fans? One, one, and one more than anyone how, else. How about this? There, there's that. So he's won all those champion, all those championship medals. He only ever won Player of the Month once in all in all those years in the Premier League, March 1996. Um, but what a player he was! When I think of Cantona, I just always think of the collar up. Yeah, the celebration, the blase, arrogant celebration. That chip over the goalkeeper, and then he just stands there like, yeah, and what? Yeah. And this is this is something else in 156 appearances. This is me. Oh. <laughs> in 156 appearances with 70 goals, 
He won 94 of those games and only lost 19. What a cracking player um, to watch in those early years and then also watch him bring along the likes of Giggs and Beckham um, and that class Scalzi. of 92, Scalzi. Uh, cracking player. I always enjoy watching him play. I only really got to see that toward the end of his career when I was starting to enjoy football. But things that I've seen of him like highlight reels, absolutely class. And what about his press conference about the seagull and the trawlerman? And you heard that one? Oh, yeah. And he just started using a lot of analogy, didn't he? It was yeah. the weirdest sort of story. Yeah. Maybe if you can find a clip of that, you can stick it up for us on the social media. I'll get it on the, on the social. Yeah. He's a very weird fella, but what a cracking player. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, over to me, I assume. So um, bring it on. I'm going to throw a little mix in there. Um, evidently, the guys who've gone before me, um, all great goal scorers, great assist makers, great playmakers in their own right. Um, I'm going to use youth on my side very slightly and going to go for someone who has played most of his career you know, in the last decade. Um, in fact, all of his career, I imagine. And that is, I'm going to go for Vincent Company. Um, I think... He's a leader. Um, he is, you know, he's been playing in arguably one of the best Premier League teams we've seen in a very long time for an extended period. Arguably, he has sort of been the figurehead of that team. Um, and all around, I think he's a nice bloke. I think he's just a nice bloke. Um, a couple of stats to back it up. Um, appearances, 265, which is, you know, brilliant. And obviously he has been injury Ridden, but the I last think, few years of his career, yeah, sort of, he uh, has been hampered slightly. Um, and you know, he's got a 75% tackle success for a center off. I think that's pretty stellar. But one stat, one slightly random stat that stands out for me. Um, so in those 265 games, errors leading to goals, two for in a center what? half. Errors leading to goals for a center half in 265 games, two, two. I'd love to look up the stats for the likes of that same stat for the likes of David Luiz and players like that have played the same. He has two a era. week. Yeah, but they've sort of played the same sort of time length in the Premier League as Vincent Company and see how many. You know, not not to mention the you know that wonderful goal he scored um, against you know against Leicester. Vinny, don't shoot. We all love that one. Yeah, I just feel like where do you want your statue? He's just been he's just been a character um, that's been knocking around. Everyone knows him. Everyone respects him. He's a Absolute stellar professional and I think a worthy entrant. Have you watched the City documentary on Amazon? I have. I have. Where he's watching I was uh, say when the they won thing. the league yeah. with, I think it's his wife's... Wife's dad, mum and dad. Uh, yeah, yeah. And who are diehard Manchester United yeah, fans. Yeah, so obviously he's got all that money and this. It looks like one of these two up, two houses. Down. Yeah, like on, a, on an estate it looks and he's just relaxed. He's sat in there with just a normal family just watching the football. Yeah, and that, that backs up my point. I think... You know, we'd all like to go for a for a pint with Vincent Company. And uh, I'd like to go and take him out for a nice Sunday roast. Oh no! Don't don't subject him to that sort of. <laughs> don't subject him to that. He's a nice bloke. You don't want to. And Dan would take him for his speciality, the reverse dog. Yeah. <laughs> come on now. From Vincent Company. Uh, Back to you, bro. Yeah, come moves on. Moves us on nicely to another Manchester City legend. Go on, Richard Dunn. Oh God. Do you know why I've picked Richard Dunn? Yes. You know why. Do you use two know I believe why? so. Daryl's written to knows why. Is it because he has an uncanny resemblance to Daryl? 
Is it because hasn't he scored? He scored hang, the, well, hang on, hang on. God, he scored it. the most own goals in the Premier League. He holds yes, he the has. record yeah. for the most own goals scored by a player with ten. Right. Scoring six for Man City, three for Aston Villa, and one for QPR. How many goals has he actually scored in that in his appearances? Not, it's not. It's irrelevant. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I want to know. If he's, it, I want to know if he's yeah, in he the black. More. Has he scored more goals than my own goals? I will come back to that. I'll have to go and have a look. But do you know who the closest person to him after that is? Is it... Uh, is it I, Brian Shawcroft no, I'd, guess, I'd guess Carragher. That's a really, that is a good guess. Carragher is joint there. second with Martin Skirtle and... Cool. Used to play for Fulham and Bolton. Zatria Knight? Oh, Zach Knight. Zach Knight. Zach Knight. That's Zacharias. <laughs> That's Zacharias Knight. His name's Zacharias. No, it's not. Is that not... Is that... Zatire? Okay. You said it well, man. You fucking rubbish. Zat Knight. Here we go. That's that. I've got another little one on the own goal stat. Another... I wouldn't embarrass myself. Another quirky one is... Carragher is the highest individual goal scorer against Liverpool. So no one scored more goals as an individual against Liverpool than he has scored own goals. I mean, it was obviously a bit of a, it's a bit of a record you don't really want to hold. Do you know who the closest person to him after that is who's currently playing? You can pronounce. Who I, and I can pronounce. He's playing. And I can't. And I can. Still in the Premier League. Are we still in the Premier League. We'll, still in the Premier League. So he's got to be a defender as well, surely. He is a defender. Yeah, he is. Yeah, make the most sense. Um, it's not. Um, it was a centre half from Leicester. Skip there a couple of years back when they won the league. Where's Morgan? Where's Morgan? Where's Morgan? It's not Where's Morgan. Uh, is it a top four team? Currently play for a top four team. No, I was going to go a top half team. Phil Jagielka. It's Phil Jagielka. Yeah, good shout. Phil Philip Jagielka with six. Yeah, that's good. I like that. And he's, he's he's already uh, he played for Ever- obviously played for Everton and um, had five. And he's already chipped in with his new team, Sheffield United, with one. Nice. Are we, yeah, are we doing the Hall field. of Fame or the Hall of Shame here? You're putting Dunn in and you, all so far you've told me is he's contributed to his own team's demise more than anyone else. Legend. 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 Yeah, I mean, to be fair, they don't stipulate that it has to be for a good reason. It's just the Hall of Fame. I mean, Man City haven't infamous. got many legends, so he's up there. In my infamous. Eyes, company. <laughs> You'll have company statue. You know, Richard Dunn's. Can we, <laughs> Richard like, Dunn's putting the ball past him. Here you go. Can we... Um, here you go, can we please get a side-by-side Daryl and Richard Dunn photo put up on the Oh, Facebook? yeah, all right, we can make that happen. Thank you. So, what's your next one, Matthew? So, again, I'm going to be incredibly unoriginal and quite obvious. And I'd be surprised if this isn't one of the first two as well. And I'm going with Ryan Giggs. 13. That's not who I thought you were going to say, then. No? no? I thought you were going to say Mr. Henry. Ah, uh, no. So, Ryan Giggs, no one has won more Premier League medals than Ryan Giggs with 13. Um, no one has <laughs> showed their brother's misses as many times. With one. One that we know of. Yeah. How many sister-in-laws have no, you shagged? I meant, I meant one brother's one. misses. Well, do, do we know that? Um, but yeah, uh, on the field, we'll stick to that. Um, f- I think we can all agree he was one of the best players of the generation. Unbelievable player. Inter- and in terms of consistency, again, we spoke about Shearer not really getting any injuries. Giggsy 
played throughout most of his career with very few injuries, right on into the like. Do you know what might have done him a favour? I know people sort of complained about him, not complained, but said like he should have come over to England at that early age. Maybe not playing for England, playing all those major tournaments actually prolonged his career. And also, I think, especially at that time, as an English player, you got a lot of stick. Mm. And the country every two years when it comes to a major tournament is on your back. And maybe not having that, it's yeah. just a bit of a weight off the mind and it relieves a bit of the pressure. What's the one goal of Giggsy that sticks out? FA Cup semi-final yeah. against Arsenal, Villa Park, running the length of the pitch. Unbelievable. It's just, and yeah. that rug. Oh, absolute weapon of a <laughs> weapon of a chest there, isn't it? Unreal. But that goal, just that will always, I know it's not Premier League, but that is one of the standout goals you'll ever see. Yeah, I mean, he did make Arsenal's defence, which was a good defence, look like a bunch of hungover blokes from, on a Sunday morning. From about the edge of the centre circle, centre circle to the D of the area he doesn't actually touch the ball all his move, all his movement is his body and just defenders are just flying all over the place and they haven't got a clue what he's doing it's class fired it past Siemens near post so yeah I don't think you'd get many people arguing that he doesn't deserve one of the two no definitely good plan yeah yeah I'm going to go with Giggs' mate Mr Paul Scholes third best midfielder Premier League midfielder of all time. After Mark Noble and Declan Rice. Yes. Sure. Why not? <laughs> so, <laughs> Skulls has had 499 Premier League appearances. Surely but, you should have just given him one more. Yeah. With 107 goals and 55 assists. And he's got 11 Premier League uh, medals. Every sort of interview you hear of um, about Paul Skulls, a lot of players like Zidane or his players said he was one of the best midfielders I've ever played against or with. And that class of 92 uh, documentary just say and shows what a player that, that bloke was. And he is, he, he is my favourite player I've ever seen playing in the Premier League, even on his comeback. Just some of the stuff he'd done was unreal. That first game into his comeback, I think, was it was it against Chelsea that he came back so, against? Yeah. And he just slotted back into yeah. that midfield like he'd never left. Mm. And that is just pure class. And you think about some of the passes you see him make, he just pinging balls across pitch. But the one thing that always strikes me, I know he didn't, like, his goal-scoring stats weren't incredible for a midfielder, like someone like a Lampard who's got who got a lot more goals. Yeah. But you, I always think of Scalzi, of those, like there was a couple of times, from a corner, yeah. hanging the about Villa. 25 yards the out. Villa volley. Villa, there was one against Bradford, and just pinging him off the underside of the bar. Yeah. He was, he was that different sort of midfielder. He, he sat... Didn't sit, sit like as a holding midfielder. He just sat deep, picked the ball up, spread it about. Bit of a quarterback. Yeah, um, unbelievable. And they were saying that he, he used to say, um, they, they were saying if they're all at training and people went off to go to the toilet, you wouldn't turn your back because Skulls used to be pinging balls here. And nine times out of ten, he did here. And he said there was a couple of times he hit Gary Neville flush in the head as he's running around the pitch. Right, that's our cl- and he was class. And to do it and to come back, as you said, to come back from retirement and slot in and look like he never went away. Brilliant player. Absolutely brilliant player. We have, we don't really see midfielders like that around anymore. No, I agree with you there. Wonderful. Back round to me. Yeah. So last but not least, it's better be a good well, one. The, it's, I think it's going to be me off trig. Um, well, <laughs> you can <laughs> first dog. Earlier when we were discussing, I suggested I might um, pick a goalkeeper for this section, but I've actually just decided at the last minute to change my mind. Um, so I will give an honourable mention very quickly to the goalkeeper, and that was Van der Sar. Um, Absolutely iconic um, when I was growing up to that Man United team. 
um, some absolutely insane statistics. Um, something along the lines of 139 clean sheets versus 109 goals conceded, which is just absolutely outrageous. He was that a is fantastic. Yeah, he was, and he was absolutely. You know, he could do everything. He was a shot stopper. He claimed everything in the air. His distribution was on point. Got himself an assist in his career as well. Um, so that is an honourable mensch, and I would not be surprised if he goes in at some point. But I was just thinking, um, you know, around the players who in these great teams that we've discussed in the past were the figureheads and were the controlling presence. And that's why I, originally I went for Vincent company. And it's also why I'm going to go for this man. And that is Patrick Vieira. Um, so, you know, statistically, you know, you look at tackles and aerial duels for his defensive side and his goals and his assists. They're not mind blowing statistics, um, but I can guarantee you, and there's some here, you asked the players he played with and against what he was like and who is the best player they've played with or against. And many of them say Patrick Vieira. Um, you know, a few a few quotes from his friends and, you know, teammates. Um, Thierry Henry, for example, one of the greatest players we've seen, said that not a lot of players in the history of the game compare to Patrick. And that is such a... Mm-hmm. You know, massive comment coming from a, such a talented player. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't heard his name as well. Um, I'm, surprised, I'm surprised we haven't heard his name. Um, and just to add to that, he obviously had a sense of humour because this is a uh, this is a great quote for him. Um, so he was in a discussion with uh, David Dean, and um, they were speaking French. And uh, he said to him, "Patrick, can you speak to me in English at all?" And Patrick nodded his head and said, "Tottenham are shit." And that was the only words he said to him. Hero. <laughs> so, Brilliant. you know, what a legend. <laughs> I think yeah. that yeah. he should go in for that on, the, on his own. He was a quality, quality player at the time that, Ars- that Arsenal and a lot of English teams hadn't seen him in like that. Well, and if we look now as well, he was the captain in the Invincible side, yeah. which will not be repeated this and season. Arsenal no. have never replaced him. No, they haven't. You're right. They haven't had that same player. sort of... No, no, we've been talking for years about that hole in the, yeah. in the Arsenal team. And... Like I don't think we've seen a holding midfielder or a centre midfielder as dominant as that in in his physique and his you know it, yeah. skill and you know he was physically demanding and physically imposing. But also he had those he had those skills and that technique of of something you would associate with a you know smaller niftier player. He had a few bad points in his Arsenal career, especially at an early stage. Um, he got suspended for alpha spitting. On yeah. someone on Razor Ruddock um, at quite an early stage, but after he got through that sort of young part of his career, as you say, he's one of the best midfielders that the Premier League has ever seen. I mean, they've got Granite Jacker now. What more do you want? <laughs> Does he not? Shh. <laughs> 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 they um, and this sort of brings us back a little bit because we said about Sergio Ramos with his twenty-six career red cards. Patrick Vieira has the joint most red cards in Premier League history on eight. I was going to say eight, yeah. Can you name the other two that are also on eight? Oh, um, Gareth Barry. Oh, good shout. Nice no. mensch. Good mensch for Gareth Barry. Imagine if he was one of the two that Is, went in. Am I right in saying Gareth Barry has the most Premier League appearances? I think you're right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and that, that would that is, an un, that is a nice... Nice to hear his name. Mm. But he has not got one of but the not most... Him amount of red cards it's not him red card close but you're not right it's good but it's not right Martin Skirtle ain't one of them as well is he he is not no, no. Oh, come on. 
Go on, give us some clues. JT? No. Give us some clues. One of them has been mentioned in this chat for the Hall of Fame. Whoa. Can't be Vinny. Nope. It's not Paul Scholes, is it? Nope. Done? (laughs) It is Richard. Most own goals, most red cards. (laughs) What's here, bro? I mean, he he epitomises the Premier League, surely. And the third one that also has eight red cards has managed in the Premier League this season. Ooh. Ooh. Um, I've tickled you a bit there. Has managed in the Premier League this season. Lampard didn't get sent off that many times. I nope. know that. I barely. Um, cool. The only one I can think of that has played Premier League football that is in my head is Chris Hewitt. But I don't know if he's managing the Premier League this year and I don't think it no. was him. No, it's not Moise. No, it's definitely not Moise. <laughs> definitely not Moise. <laughs> Moise. Oh, is it, is it Big Dunk? Big Dunk. Big Dunk uh, Ferguson. Ferguson. Oh, yeah, yeah, good shout. Good shout. Because yeah. he briefly did manage. Yeah, yeah. And he's what, that little caretaker was Nice well, to see like. that he's kept his spot at Evan. Yeah, he's mm. still working there. So, yeah. yeah, and he did well in his little caretaker spot. Well. <laughs> I think Angelotti had much choice. No. <laughs> yeah, would you no. tell, yeah, would you just tell him no? He was just in the office at the table and Angelotti just kind of walked in and just went, yeah. this my office? And he went, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> and then headbutted him. So... I've got two questions for you in the, in the podcast, right? The first one is, out of your club, if you could just nominate the first two from your own club now, without wow. really looking at stats or anything, in your own head, just two from your club, who would you pick? Yeah. And then I'll tell you my trivia question afterwards. Okay. Can I go first? Considering, yeah, go for yeah. it. You know, my club, obviously, Charlton. Less Not, time in the Prem than any of them. Do does it have to be a Prem? It's a Prem Hall it's of Fame. Premier League oh. Hall of Fame. Yeah. So you can't have Josh Cullen. I wouldn't have gone there anyway. Um, Would Scott Parker be one of yours? Maybe no, just because no. of the way he left. Um, I mean, yeah, have you got yours? Do you want to go away? I, I would probably go for um, probably Mendonca, Clive, Super Clive Mendonca. Um, not only was he um, sort of massive for Charlton um, when they were there, but obviously scored the hat trick in the playoff final. Um, you know. Matt, uh, you know, biggest probably the biggest game of Charlton's career. One of the best games at the old Wembley. All that you've you've all heard it. You're all sports fans. Um, and then the second one, uh, I'd probably go for someone who a little bit understated. Um, wasn't a massive goal scorer, but he really, really was a great playmaker for us. And that's Klaus Jensen. Um, I loved watching him play uh, when I was younger, and he scored one of my favourite ever Charlton goals which was that lob of Jens Lehmann at the back. I don't know if you know oh, it. Oh, yes. Yeah, really, really. And it's, I, for me, that's one of those goals that if like Messi had scored it, we'd be watching it for 20 years. Yeah, people would be raving Do you know what I mean? And, and, and he, was, he was so important to us, but he was quite understated, went about his business, you know, done all the, done all the hard graft and, 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 you know, done all the hard work, but never really got the plaudit. So for me, that, that's, that's what I'd put in. Bro? Um... For me, I would go John Terry, Frank Lampard. Yeah, it had yeah, to be. Pretty, pretty simple. Honourable really. mention for Mad Dog Drog? No, I would go honourable mention. Zola? Zola. Mm. Gorgonzola, Gorgonzola, nice. Zola. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, Lampard pretty well. Terry. Lampard's, uh, Lampard's record. Drog was great, but I don't think you can put him quite on the same level. No, no, no I think like he's in the same breath, but not like you know what I mean. I, I think yeah. if you're gonna just pick two, just a slight tier below. Yeah, JT and Frank. I'll let you go, and then I'll sit, I'll try and change my answers if you've got mine 
for okay. us as we both support West Ham. As we're both unfortunate Hammers mine, fans, although we're both mine, happy today. Mine are both not Declan Rice, by the way. No, neither's mine. <laughs> no, oh, damn. So my first would be Paolo Di Canio. Uh, West Ham love a bit of a an enigma. Yeah, he was that sort of bloke. He was a bit of a cult f- figure. He was a hero to us, and yeah, even the, the the silly things that he'd done, like catching the ball against Everton when we should have won three two and things like that. Um, just for what he'd done for West Ham was, shoving was the massive. ref over when you was playing Sheffield Wednesday no yeah, that he was played for Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday, Wednesday at the time yeah. Sheffield Wednesday yeah. he weren't playing for us at the time and my second one I'm going to put find a bit of a controversial one here because of what Trigg said about how um, he wouldn't pick Parker because of how he left the club I'm going to throw in Dimitri Payet yeah good shout I best, think best, Dimitri best player I have seen play for West Ham yeah without a doubt absolutely Best power ever see at the I don't like that. I don't like that. But I'd go... uh, Mark Noble. Mark Noble. He is the West Ham legend. I know he said things. he could be a bit bad for the club, but he played pretty well again today. I know he weren't playing against a lot, but what he's done is the most career appearances for West Ham. 450th Premier League appearance today. So what he's done for the club is great. And my other one, actually, he didn't do loads at West Ham, but for a career he had, he's actually Rio Ferdinand. Um, Very good player. Spent five good years at West Ham and for what he done with the rest of his career for England. Cracking player. Surprised he didn't pick Julian Faubert for his time at Real Madrid, Real Madrid falling asleep on the bench. Fell asleep on the bench. Yes. Uh, right. My trivia question for you oh, guys today. I'm nervous about this one. Okay. I've so, been bricking it about this ever since we started recording. So, so I, I haven't stopped fighting. I found this out this morning myself on uh, Talksport. I was listening to the build-up of the Brighton versus Crystal Palace game. Seagulls, shit on eagles. So, Brighton, as we've just said, uh, their nickname is the Seagulls. But before the, they were nicknamed the Seagulls, what was their nickname? They had a nickname before the Seagulls. What do you think it was? Or do you know what it was? Was it the reverse dogs? <laughs> no. <laughs> the true special. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, do you know, he changed to the Seagulls just because of their rivalry, which doesn't work out as a rivalry or a derby, with Palace. They so, changed to the Seagulls because they, it was... Because Seagulls shit on Eagles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They've done it to, in response because, obviously, Eagles are Palace. But what was their nickname before this? Do you know what I want to throw it out there? So I have absolutely no idea. I mean, I think that's one of them things you can't you even, even brainstorm. Yeah, you either know it or you it. don't. I, I had no idea until I heard it on TalkSport earlier. Just didn't know if any, any of you was Any guesses? It. The Rocks. The Beach Towels. I'd go for the... the Brighton um, Beach Towels. You're, s- you're sort of in the right area. Oh, be- uh, uh, Beach um, Boys. No. The um, Bucket and Spades. No. You it's not... not to that. Do, not the Clacton Curler. <laughs> not, not to do with the beach. It's more to do with like the ocean. Oh, Seagulls. The waves. No. Ooh. Uh, the... Seaman, should I just tell you <laughs> the boys? No, but spelt B U H B O Y Z. It was actually called. They were actually called the Dolphins. Yeah, wow. and they changed their name to the Seagulls. Seamans would have been better. Yes. Not gonna lie, I am surprised. The Dolphins, yes. like the Miami Dolphins. Yes, but the Brighton Dolphins. Brighton Dolphins. Yeah, Beach that was ball, their shits on eagles. <laughs> Dolphins shits shit on eagles. <laughs> Doesn't have the same ring no. to it, does no. it? No, it's also a lot more difficult just from an actual 
like you, you're not going to get a dolphin in the air to shit on an eagle, are you? I mean, what you'd have to do, you'd have to time the jump <laughs> as an fly. eagle flies underneath. <laughs> yeah, and then, I don't even know where dolphins shit from anyway, so. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> can, the title, can the title of this episode be I don't know where dolphin <laughs> shit from? No, but the, oh, no, no, it's got to be the reverse dog. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if the title of it was that, people would have to wait for an hour and 34 minutes to find out why. Maybe that's a good way of tricking them into listening to the old yeah. thing. <laughs> Should we do handles? <laughs> yeah, go on, Dal. You're the handles, man. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you've got the biggest love handles. Yeah. Dal, Dal handles. Sportsnet at Facebook, Sportsnet at One at Twitter, Sportsnet at on Instagram. We have actually got one. I just haven't used it in a while. I was right. Um, I knew it. Yeah, if, we are weathering that on the Met Office. <laughs> yeah, we've... Um, Reverse dog and that. We've been a lot more active. I know uh, a few of you have done a few posts on a Facebook page this week, so please like it, please share, please subscribe to the podcast as well. Um Leave us a little review a as review. well. Yeah, we are thinking about changing host, which will do us a favour because we'll be able to. Uh, yeah, brewery is rubbish. We'll be able to do a lot more <laughs> with the podcast itself and read a lot more of our reviews. So, uh, please leave us a review, and we'll read it out on the show if you do leave us one. I think that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Cheers, guys. The sports in that podcast. The sports in that podcast. Daryl. 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 With me, Brewer. So Darryl. the sports in that podcast Darryl. comes to you live, sponsored by Artemis, Kongs, The Sun On, Kebab Professor, Bombers Calf, And Martha the Ghost. And Martha the Ghost. <laughs> and special mention for Richard Dunn. <laughs>